This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. after the hour, you know if you are awake at this time, especially if you work these crazy hours, and I know I'm looking at two guys that know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very difficult when you have a day off to snap back to a regular work schedule. But last night, New Year's Eve, we don't make a big thing about New Year's Eve because we celebrate New Year's Eve. So last night, my wife went to bed around 11 o'clock. And I said, all right, well, I'm up. I'm watching the Twilight Zone. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I, was, I think getting some work done, doing some reading, watching the Twilight Zone. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll stay up and see the ball drop, and then I'll come up. So I, I go to sleep around a quarter after 12, 12.20, watch the Twilight Zone. I think I had a sip of champagne. I go to sleep, and then I find myself wide awake at 2.30 in the morning. So I do whatever I encourage people to do. When they're wide awake and struggling to sleep, I lied in bed and simulated sleeping, kept my eyes closed, kept my body resting, tick-tock, 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 wide awake, 35 minutes go by, 40 minutes go by, and it's clear I'm not going to fall asleep. So I said, all right, what is a better use of my time, to get up and get things done now or stay here and, and stay in bed and continue not sleeping? So I got up, got stuff done. Stayed up until about 4.30, quarter to 5. And finally, at around 4 o'clock, I said, this is crazy. I mean, I have to at least try and get some sleep because we have a busy day on New Year's Day. I said, so let me take the sleepy time tea. Oh, I'm not recommending this to anyone, by the way. Don't, don't take my advice on any substances to consume at all. But I said, let me take a cup of sleepy time tea. That should chill you out a little bit. And let me take a melatonin. And... Let me have a glass of champagne. Sure enough, that worked. That worked. That knocked me right out. But I was still asleep much later than I normally would be on a weekend or a holiday. So I was asleep until about, I don't know, 8.15. And my son came in and uh, woke me up a little bit. And then I stayed and lied in bed a little bit even after he woke me up. He goes downstairs. He's downstairs messing around with uh, the Christmas tree, and uh, my wife is starting to take down some of the decorations, and there's boxes under the tree that look like presents. So he says, oh, presents, presents. And she says, no, that's not a present. And she says, wait a minute, I actually do have a present for you. And our friends Mark and Maureen, who we saw on uh, New Year's Eve Eve in Atlantic City, they'd given him a present, and he opens it. Dinosaurs. Loves it. Great. He's excited. And he says, more presents, more presents. And my wife says, well, we don't have any more presents for you. And then she remembers. She remembers that my friend Johnny P., Johnny Potenza, who's been a guest on this show, 
great musician, talk show host, all-around great guy, friend of mine for over 20 years. He dropped off a Christmas gift for Carmine. So it's a snow globe. It's a Mickey Mouse snow globe. Not only to celebrate Carmine's love of Mickey Mouse, but I'm sure to celebrate the fact that Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain, at least the Steamboat Willie version. So I go down there, and my wife is in the playroom on the carpet, and they're playing with this snow globe. And he's trying to, she shows him that it plays music. Now, it's a snow globe that plays music with Mickey Mouse in it. It's glass. They're playing on the carpet and thinking, okay, it's a little odd, but okay, she's watching him. I'm watching him, showing how to turn the music. That's the only thing he seems that interested in is turning the music. My wife, I take a picture of it, of him playing with the snow globe to show Johnny P. Say, what a nice gift. So my wife walks away to probably go clean something or do some chore. That's a big part of what she does in her days off. She's very into cleaning. My son is holding the snow globe. I take the picture of Carmine holding the snow globe. And I see where this is going. You ever have one of these moments? Maybe it's a car accident. Maybe it's a slip and fall. Maybe it's something where you see exactly what's going to happen seconds before it happens. But like somebody that's stuck in some sort of a time travel movie, you're not able to change the outcome of what you know is going to happen. So he's holding the snow globe and now starts to walk into our kitchen, which does not have carpet. It has, you know, hard floor, tile. I said, Carmine, come here, come here. He's running away from me. I see where this is going. Carmine, that's glass. Give me the snow globe. And he doesn't respond, doesn't say just keeps running away from me. And that is a game that we play where he runs away from me. And like he's throwing a ball, throws this snow globe onto the ground. It instantly shatters in a thousand pieces. There's the water from the snow globe all over the place. So I, you know, I kind of yell at him. I say, Carmine. Come here, come here. And now he's listening to me. Now he's scared because he's not used to hearing me raise my voice. And he's scared because he just broke the snow globe. And I, so I grab him so that he doesn't get hurt because there's now glass all over the place. And I take him. And just at this very moment, my wife comes back into the kitchen. And she sees this scene of me clutching a two-year-old um, and glass and water and what was a disfigured Mickey Mouse now all over the floor. And have you ever pictured, I want you to do this, picture the greatest look of disappointment anyone has given you. Then combine that with the greatest look of anger anybody has ever given you. Combine the two, and then that is almost the facial expression that my wife was looking was looking at me with. She said, what did you do? What did I do? I tried to take it away from him. And she, she said, just get him out of here. I will clean this up. And it turns out, as difficult as it is to clean up a thousand pieces of glass, it is substantially more difficult to clean up a thousand pieces of glass with water everywhere.
We got it all cleaned up, and thankfully no one was hurt. No humans, no cats, but I do feel bad for the snow globe. Now, when we're assigning blame for this incident, do we blame the adult Johnny P that gave a two-year-old a snow globe as a gift? Do we blame his mother? That allowed him to play with the snow globe before I woke up and was downstairs. Do we blame his father, who made a valiant effort to take the snow globe away and then shielded his son so that he would not get hurt? I don't know who gets blamed, but when my wife and I were evaluating who deserves the bulk of the blame for the incident... I think we came down on opposite sides of who was at fault. So be it. Uh, hopefully the thing that brings us together is um, we can bl- both blame Johnny P. You know, the shame of it is, though, it really was such a nice snow globe. And I sent Johnny P the, the picture literally within seconds of me sending him this picture. It was shattered all over the place. Now, now I don't have the heart to tell him that the gift that he got him is is shattered because he wrote such a nice inscription on the bottom, your pal, Johnny P. So I don't want him to go out and buy him another one, you know, for obvious reasons. But I also feel bad that he was so happy that Carmine liked the snow globe and then it was broken. So I'm not sure how you would handle it, but I'm just not going to tell him. 800-848-9222. I'm going to get to your calls on... Uh, Anything you want to comment on in just a minute, then we'll go through the mail. If you have uh, anything that you want to send me in terms of mail, you can email me at uh, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. I have had this story on my list for um, a few days now, since Christmas. So let me mention it before we... um, before I just don't get to it again, because I think it is an important story. This comes to us out of Riverhead, New York. That is all the way out on eastern Long Island, where we are heard on uh, Talk Radio 107.1 WLIR. Very pleased to be heard out there. A car. Okay. A mom. 39-year-old mom. Has to run into the store for a minute. A minute. She's got a seven-year-old in the back seat. I really so empathize with everybody here. I empathize with the parent. I empathize with the child. I empathize with everybody except the main person who's integral to the story, which who you'll meet in a second. She goes into this stationary store in Riverhead. Christmas. This is on Christmas night. Child is asleep. The car is running. It's freezing outside. She's got to run into there for a minute, two minutes. What do you do? Be honest. Be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell me. Just be honest with yourself what you would do. Okay? What do you do? Do you turn off the car and lock it? Do you wake up the child, bring the child into the store? Or you do you do what, let's face it, 
I think a lot of people would have done. You leave the car running while the seven-year-old is sleeping in the back seat. Now, in fairness, I think you could still lock it while the car is running. This person did not. So, 11.09 p.m. on Christmas night, this mom, whose name is being withheld to protect the identity of her child, she parked her 2016 Ford Fusion in a space outside a stationery store on East Main Street. If you're from the area, a lot of you probably know it. While she went into the shop, leaving her child inside. The woman said she left the vehicle running, unattended, with the heat on, because she had the child asleep in the back. While she was in the store, someone entered the vehicle, drove off with the child. They stole the car with the child in it. So after an extensive search by the Riverhead Town Police Department, the Southampton Town Police Department, New York State troopers, thank God, and this could have been so much worse, the vehicle was located in Flanders with the child still sleeping and unharmed. The thief fled the area prior to the police arrival. I mean, I'll tell you what happened probably is someone stole this vehicle thinking they were stealing the vehicle. Then seeing that they've accidentally committed a kidnapping and say, whoa, I want no part of this, and ran away. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, this is the update on the story, they have arrested the person responsible. It was a 51-year-old homeless woman. Now, what, if any, consequences should the mom face here? Here's the mom. Uh, I believe she's talking to News 12 Long Island, or or, I think it was News 12. I don't know for sure. But um, this is the mom of the seven-year-old recounting what occurred. A blue car drove up. A guy jumped out, put a mask on his face, drove in, and just jumped in the car and drove right off. My husband, because I saw it. My husband, he was walking towards the vehicle, and he just saw his car pull off. Well, apparently the person arrested was a woman, not a husband. So maybe it looked like. I don't know, maybe multiple people involved. I don't know. So, Tony, what do you do here? What, what, do you think this uh, this mom is uh, at fault here? Yeah. Yeah, so what about you, Matt? Yeah, it's got to be endangering the welfare of a child. What, and, and, Tony, do you have children? Remind me. No, I don't. No. So, but you, so you both agree. You say this woman is... Take the ki- wake the kid up and bring the kid okay. in the store because anything can happen. So... That is exactly what Matt Blaze said. That is exactly what occurred. So the mom was arrested and charged with endangering the welfare of a child. The child was turned over to a family member, probably the child's father, unharmed, thankfully. But, um, you know, I can see so many parents being in that same situation. The one area where maybe I just don't understand is how you can leave the car unlocked. At the very least, I think you have to lock the car. But I can see a lot of parents doing that same thing, leaving this child asleep in the heat rather than turning her off and letting the child sleep, you know, uh, freeze for 10 minutes. So I think it's probably the right decision because, look, I mean, there's got to be some consequence here, right? I think it's a shame, though, because this mom clearly didn't intend to do anything wrong. It's not like someone that beats their child or even someone that gets drunk 
and loses their child in the middle of a, a shopping mall somewhere. That's something where you're either malicious or uh, so careless to the point of being negligent. This is somebody, and I'm sure she's not going to be dealt with harshly here, but this is somebody that clearly didn't mean to do anything wrong and things went wrong in a hurry and could have gone really wrong. I'm curious, so far, I think, you know, I think we're all in agreement on on the radio here that it was probably the appropriate thing for the mother to face some charges. As a parent, I know you've been in the situation. I'll be honest. When I was a child, I still love to sleep in cars. My parents and grandparents, they left me sleeping in cars many times. Did they leave the car unlocked? I don't think so. I don't know. But I, I could see a lot of people doing that same thing. Curious what you think of this situation here. 800-848-9222. Um, let's say hello to Robert in New Jersey. Hi, Robert. Hi, Frank. This is the first time I listened to your show. Anyway, um, the gentleman... Andrew, Hopefully it won't be the last, by the way. Hopefully not the last. Uh, the gentleman named Andrew was wondering well, why uh, a Jew is always persecuted. And uh, I've been studying the Bible like for the last 50 years uh, as an amateur. And basically, as he said, it's it's because some people blame the uh, the Jews for killing Christ. And if you read the Bible carefully, you see in John chapter 10, verses 14 to 18, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down freely of my own free will. I have been given authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Um, the Jewish Sanhedrin did not have the power to impose a death, the death penalty in 33 AD because they were under control of the Romans. Mm-hmm. The Roman governor, uh, Pontius Pilate, uh, reluctantly had ordered Christ to be crucified because, you know, he gave him the choice of freeing Barabbas or, or Christ. And they said, free Barabbas, uh, crucify him. Right, Robert, I'm pretty familiar with the New Testament. Is what you're doing basically explaining why so many people hate the Jews? Is that is that what I'm, I'm gathering? I'm trying to explain that. But there's also another, another, uh, another reason. Uh, all throughout the Bible, in Jeremiah, in Amos, uh, uh, God uh, promises that the Jews would live forever, even uh, even without a state, they would still endure. And I I believe Satan really exists, and I believe Satan is trying to make God into a liar. In uh, Amos uh, uh, nine fifteen, he says. I will plant Israel in their own land, never to be uprooted from the land I have given them. And also in Jeremiah, it says, well, I will not, I will not uh, totally destroy you. And uh, in uh, Ezekiel... Right. Uh, so, Robert, without quoting any additional biblical text, which I appreciate your thoroughness there, um, it, don't you, can we agree, though, that it's unfair to blame anybody in the 20th century or the 21st century for actions that occurred thousands of years ago and any biblical prophecies, right? So, so what's the point of all this, of all this anti-Semitism? It's totally, it's totally there meaningless. Is, there is, I believe, 
a supernatural component in that supernatural is of course. working behind the scenes and he would love for the Jews to be destroyed uh, as, as uh, you know in, in Psalm 83 you know the, uh, the uh, Asap quotes the enemies of Israel saying let us wipe them out as a nation let the name of Israel be remembrance no more which is what Iran is trying to do Robert you know? I appreciate the call I want to get to some other folks um, you know I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that, look, I, 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 you know, I, I have a pretty good understanding of the Bible, especially the New Testament, especially the Gospels, but uh, not an expert, not an expert, don't pretend to be. I don't think going to four separate biblical passages within the span of one phone call is the most compelling radio, and I don't know that it does that much to help your point, whatever the point is. So I think that's a good rule of thumb. People listen to this show. They tune in. We get new listeners all the time. Robert, listening for the first time, happy to have him. Uh, although we didn't uh, we didn't get a an indication that he was a first-time caller, but that's okay. I would hold off on the biblical citations. Uh, no, let me say that. I would hold off on multiple biblical citations in the same phone call. I would. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Uh, my mom says she doesn't think she ever left me alone sleeping in the car. Eh, I feel like I I feel like I did. Grandpa certainly did. I will I will I guarantee you that. <laughs> but uh but I don't I, you know what I wouldn't mind at all. 800-848-9222. Steve is on Long Island. Hello, Steve. Uh good morning, Frank. Happy New Year. You too. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I live out near Riverhead. I don't live in Riverhead, but I live close enough to know the area. What's your um, uh, What's your address out there, Steve? I'm in Noel Place. Okay, <laughs> give us your phone right. number as well, social security <laughs> number too. This is, the, this is the This is the thing we do now. Now that we're we're trying to follow the auto manufacturers, collect as much of your data as possible. Oh yes, but uh, uh, in, in regards to what this woman did, I've done it with my kids. I have four kids. And I've done it plenty of times. Uh, you have to know the area. And if she was running into a stationery store, what was so important that she had to get it at that particular moment? A pack of cigarettes? A lottery ticket? Uh, so, uh, again, uh, leaving the kid in the car, like you, I empathize with it. I wouldn't want to wake my 7-year-old up to run inside for two minutes. But you have to know the area if she didn't know the area, then I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But again, what was so important that she had to leave the kid in the car? She did everything that I that I would have done. She left the heat on so the kid didn't uh, get exposed to the cold. But that's the only question I have. Well, what first of all, so I, I don't know. And, and so I read every article I could find on this and nothing said. I'll tell you what my guess is. My guess is it was some sort of a Christmas card or something. Uh, that's that's my yeah. guess, uh, but but yeah. that's not that's not in any of the articles. I haven't seen that. But uh, would you agree with me though? Because first of all, I give you so much credit, Steve, for at least being honest. Because so many people that are wagging their finger at this lady, saying, "How dare she leave a sleeping seven year old in the car?" Uh, I, I know a lot of parents that do not want to deal with an ornery and exhausted seven year old that they have to wake up and carry into a store for a one minute purchase. But would you agree with me though that the key mistake that she made here 
is leaving the car unlocked, that she at the very least should have locked the vehicle. Well, as I was listening to you uh, report on this, I'm looking at my steering wheel. I'm looking at the key of the ignition. I'm like, how do I exit the car and leave it running and lock it? Unless I have an extra fob with me. Mm. And maybe that's something for parents to consider. You know, if I had uh, young children, it just came to my, my mind now. Maybe when you buy a car, you get two fobs. If you're going to be out and, uh, uh, you know, something occurs where you got to stop for a moment. Having a, and you know what? A lot of the cars now, even if you try to lock the doors, if the keys in the ignition, there's a, def- there's a default on it that won't let you. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that's a good point. I, I didn't I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. See, in my vehicle, I'm pretty sure you can lock it with the vehicle with the keys outside of it and leave it running. But maybe not. Maybe a lot of vehicles you just can't. Thanks, Steve, for your honesty. Happy New Year. Appreciate that. 800-848-9222. Uh, 800-848-9222. Peter, listening all the way up in Boston. What's on your mind, Peter? Peter. All right. Peter's got something else to do. 800-848-9222. Rick is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hello, Rick. Okay, here goes. I'm ready. About the anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Here goes. Anti-Semitism is a mind parasite. It is a viral mind parasite. Study Colin Wilson, the British philosopher of the 70s. You'll learn what a mind parasite is. It has a life of its own. I believe it's electrical in nature. And it infects the human species, and it invades initially children's minds. That's what happened with these kids in that school that your your colleague discussed. They've been infected by a viral mind parasite that has a life of its own. That is what is happening. Okay. All right, I can dig that. I mean, I'm not that familiar with a mind parasite, but I will look up that concept, Rick. Thank look you. It up. I will. Thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. David is in New Jersey. Hi, David. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Hi. With regards to the woman leaving that child in the car, of course she should be prosecuted. You never leave a child in the car. I mean, you know, in some parts of the country, in some parts of the states, you can leave a child home at seven years old, eight, nine years old to take care of themselves. But out in public in an automobile, no way. I've got a girlfriend. I pick up her daughter who's 14 years old from school. I go to go in a convenience store. She comes in with me. Remember John Walsh. Just always remember John Walsh, mm-hmm. how that man's been tortured all his life, all his life. It takes two seconds, walk him in, pick him up. I see these mothers, you know, with twins trying to get, you know, two newborns out and, and struggling. You help them out. It's just not worth it. It's just never, Well, ever of worth course it. it's not. I mean, David, but honestly, ever. nobody ever thinks something like this is going to happen. So if you actually weighed the possible consequences, obviously you would never leave a child in a car uh, by themselves. But you, you think, you kind of, you think, all right, I'm going to be all of two minutes and uh, let me not wake the kid up. I, and I'm not defending it. Like, I, I think it's right that she was arrested. I think, um, you know, I don't think she should go to prison or anything like that. I think she should get maybe Neither probation. But um, do I. I think uh, I, I, I kind of I get I understand where she was coming from, even though you're clearly right. You shouldn't do this. But I kind of I, I understand where she was coming from. I, I could I could see myself in that situation. 
We'll continue with your calls on uh, this and anything else you want to comment on in a moment. We'll also go through the mail straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. What kind of music we're playing? Join our Facebook group. Just search Morano Radio Fans and Haters uh, on Facebook. To M O R A N O Radio Fans and Haters. And uh, you were in for a treat, not only in terms of um, knowing what music we're playing, but everything else. We're going to go through uh, the mail that you've sent in in a moment, uh, but a lot of you are kind enough to call in. Let me try and get to as many of you as we can here. Corey is in Brooklyn. What's on your mind, Corey? Hey, Frank. I'll be. Uh... Happy New Year, and uh, I'll be quick. Thanks. Um, I think leaving a car, and I see this all the time, running, that's not a brand-new car, like that has a fob, you can't drive away with it. You can lock it from the outside, which I do all the time with my dog. But leaving an older car that you can't lock the keys in it uh, is just, I'll use ignorant instead of another word that's worse, but very ignorant thing to do and it you know it, it counts for a great deal of auto theft is people just going in popping into a store leaving their cars running i know because i live in south florida now you can't leave the dog in the car without the air on for five minutes till it's 110 inside yeah no i i understand that and look in um Colder climates and in warmer climates, the reality of this is this goes on. There was a story, and thanks to the call, Corey, a few years ago, and the, the family was just in the news again because they've had another child. There was a guy who left his one- or two-year-old in the car sleeping on a hot day, and the, the baby died. Baby died. Horrible situation. The guy practically wanted to kill himself. An arrest was getting off easy for him because he was so despondent over this. And uh, they didn't end up, they arrested him, but they didn't end up prosecuting him because that's what goes on is there is prosecutorial discretion. You take into account these sort of things. And um, 
I don't know. Kind of the question I'm asking is, should prosecutorial discretion have been used here to not arrest the mom? Now, again, I don't imagine anybody's going to throw the book at her. But, you know, I I think this is probably going to be a good situation for everybody in that everybody, this is a reminder to all of us, and it's one of the reasons I'm talking about this, that you shouldn't do this. But I can't imagine she's going to get anything like prison time unless she's got other you know, prior felonies, which I don't see any articles that indicate she does. 800-848-9222. Nick is in Manhattan. Hi, Nick. Good morning, Frank. Morning. I'd like you to, to tell you that people don't realize it. People in New York State don't know this, but it's illegal in New York State. It's a felony, not a misdemeanor, but a felony to leave your car running, to leave the car unattended while the car is running. It's a felony. People don't know it. And there's been cases where people have jumped in the car mowed down other people and the original driver ends up getting arrested for a major crime. Really? It's a felony. I swear to you, it's a felony. Oh no, I believe that. I believe that. Um, well, Nick, thank you for reiterating that. I appreciate that. All right. 800-848-9222. We're going to get to your calls in a moment, but first. of email. Uh, this is an email actually from Bernard Getz. Bernard Getz uh, writes me, you don't give a dog or a two-year-old a fragile glass object to play with. Yeah. You didn't do anything. Does your wife give you hateful looks if you forget to take out the garbage? No. The look I get if I forget to take out the garbage, one, I don't forget to take out the garbage, but it's one of resigned and accepting disappointment. This is, okay, all right, I guess this is par for the course. Uh, Via email, Joe, excuse me, Jonathan writes, Dear Mr. Moreno, during the earlier part of this week, I heard your expose about a woman who used her mother's obituary as a forum to bash her. I agree with you that the obituary was not the proper forum to expose whatever issues or abuse she had endured while her mother raised her especially like you said. The mom was not here to defend herself from the allegations. Hopefully this woman has sought therapy to help her come to terms with her feelings and encourage her to journal, which I hear can also be useful in helping people to sort their feelings out. A lot of people write tell-all books like Mommy Dearest. Um, When you started to take calls, there was a guy named David who called in and claimed his mother refused to fill out the financial aid forms for St. John's University, and as a result, he never went to college and blames his mother for robbing him of the life and opportunities he could have had as a college graduate. I don't know how old David is, but the fact that he couldn't attend St. John's was no excuse to not attend college at all, since prior to 1976, he could have attended the City University of New York, which had branches in all five boroughs, and was tuition-free. And even after 1976, when CUNY started charging tuition, it was nominal nominal compared to what St. John's and other private institutions of learning in the New York area were charging. Happy New Year to you and yours. Peace, Jonathan. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, this from Bob in Maryland. Subject, Wiener. Frank, you messed up. Wiener on the air again? Waste of airtime, and he is beyond absurd. A liar and many other adjectives. 
Immigration laws need to be changed, he says. I turned the radio off. I'm really disappointed anyone even attempted to engage with him, including Anthony. Please do not let this happen again. Bob in Maryland. Bob, let me explain to you something. I have, I don't know how many times I need to say this. I have no control over who is here when I'm not here. I have no influence, no control whatsoever. I'm not even consulted as to who fills in when I'm not here. So why you would write to me when I've explained repeatedly that I have no control over who my subs are, I don't get. I don't get. What? Why? Are you just using it as an opportunity to vent? I have nothing to do with who's here when I'm not here. All right, Christine. PhD Christine, by the way. Hi, Frank. Just a short note to express my gratitude to you for such a wonderfully fun and informative program. See, that's nice. Your listeners very much appreciate the work you put into the show to make it shine like a mighty star. Always, Christine. Well, Christine, some listeners may not appreciate it so much. I'll tell you that. All right, this is... um, from Instagram, Matt McCool writes, Your friend is the idiot. Who gives a three-year-old a snow globe? Very stupid. Well, it was a two-year-old, number one. In his defense, maybe he didn't assume that his dopey parents were going to let him play with it. Maybe he thought it was going to be decorative in his room somewhere, and he could look at it, oh, there's Mickey Mouse playing music. Right? I'm just trying to see both sides. Hey, so I posted a story on my Instagram at Morano Vision, where you know people can see a portion of my remarks from uh, New Year's Eve Eve, the party that I threw, and Barbara Burgrath comments in a private message to me: "You need a tailor and a stylist, and then an emoticon with her hand over her face, like I give up." And you know. What I told her was, Barbara, honestly, decorum present, prevents me from telling you exactly what you need. I think, honestly, my wardrobe on New Year's Eve Eve can best be summed up as equal parts, high pimp, and city of London wide boy gone Carnaby Street dandy with a streak of gold of good old reliable Nathan Detroit on the side. Now that is not original. That is from a reporter from New York Magazine in uh, 2002 writing about uh, the one and only Gino Durante but I think it was very apropos of my wardrobe. That's great. I'm trying to be as objective and as humble as I can be. Barbara, you gotta get your eyes checked. All right. Um... This one is really interesting. I'm going to save this one for next hour because it may need a lot more discussion. Adam writes, uh, Hey, Frank, getting ready to listen to the show and my mouth is watering. Wow, my kind of party. Just just FYI, my linguine and clam sauce is over the top. I may be Irish and Jewish, but I grew up with a lot of Italians. Yeah, talking about our Christmas Eve menu. That was was very, uh, very nice. All right. Um, I'll do two more here. Uh, Joe in Ronkonkoma says that uh, he had told me that Frankie in Glendale, who's a former listener of the week, has been dealing with some health issues. But um, he wanted me to uh, mention that uh, Joe from Ronkonkoma and his family are praying for him and hoping for a speedy recovery. Well, they're not the only ones. Uh, We want to wish him the absolute best, as well as Hank in New Jersey, Hank Purpura, who's a great guy and a very loyal listener to this show who's been uh, through, uh, I believe he's in a rehab facility now, I'm not 
sure, but been very loyal to us since we started. And I hate when any of our listeners get sick because we can't afford to lose anybody as a listener for illness, death, or any other reason. Now, I want to mention this. Whenever you write to me on Facebook at um, facebook.com slash Fan, whenever you write to me, a lot of a lot of people write to me and then I guess Facebook automates a response that you're supposed to click and it's a way to further the conversation, but people think I'm sending them the response. Now, wh- what do I mean by that? So person after person writes to writes me and says, you know, just something innocuous, hi Frank or whatever else. And then an, they see an auto response, but it's not from me. I don't write to them at all. I, I don't know how this emerges, but it's coming to me as if it's from them. So this fella Clifford gets, a, uh, he responds to the response that I see is coming from him. It says, can I learn more about your background? So he thinks that's a question from me. Let me tell you something. If you're writing to me, I am not asking you that question. Can I learn more about your background? It, because, I mean, you, and I think you should be careful with giving that out. So Clifford starts answering me. He says, I live in Brooklyn with my wife and, and children, three daughters. I listen to you every chance I get. I just retired the end of November. I'm an architect, married for 40 years, my wife, and I have three daughters. We live in Prospect Heights. Now, you don't have to share that with me or, or anybody else. So I'm mentioning this because a lot of people get messages like that. They get a message like, where are you located? Or can I learn more about your background? I am not sending those. So you're actually sending them to me, and then you are um, responding to what you're sending to me. So I'm mentioning this in case anybody else gets, you know, du- duped into this. All right. Um, let me try and do one more here. All right. Robert writes, or Bob, <clears throat> thanks for another great year of quality and outstanding broadcasting. You've been a fine friend to me through some very difficult times. And even early today, you inspired me to leave a gift for my male person. Appreciate all you do. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to Rachel, Carmine, and yourself. Looking forward to next week. And next year. Well, thank you, Robert. Um, Lawrence writes, Dear Frank, Jeffrey Sachs is one of the very few who is unbiased and honest on both the Russia-Ukraine and Israel-Hamas wars. He's not the only pundit who believes that ethnic cleansing and genocide are in process in Gaza. Once again, you have truly shamed every single host on your network by having someone with views not as usual pro-Ukraine, pro-Israel, and pro-views of station management. Um, please invite more guests like Professor Sachs and others with his views on current global affairs. Best wishes to you, and I hope you had a speedy recovery from laryngitis. Elaine writes, uh, I was listening to your Christmas program, and I didn't write down the name of all the Christmas movies that are recommended. Could you please send me the list? Christmas is hard for me this year because I lost my sister in June. I'm still heartbroken. I wanted you to know that I love Christmas Carol, but their 1938 version with Reginald Owen and Gene Lockhart. I wish I could watch it colorized without buying the DVDs. Uh, Have a lovely Christmas at your family celebrations. I hope little Carmine gets lots of goodies from Santa. Regards, Elaine. Uh, That's very nice, Elaine. I'm sorry about your sister's passing. But uh, the one thing I will say is that I did post them in our Facebook group. So if you join the Facebook group, 
you can get um, you know you can get all of those questions in there. All right. Um, I guess we'll end it there. Uh, we'll g- continue with your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. If we didn't get to your email or your letter today, hopefully we will on the next edition of... Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Follow Felton. It's a look man. Come down here. You got down there, so what you want? I want bourbon, I want scotch, I want beer. Well, I ain't seen my baby since I don't know when. I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man, I'm gonna get loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear. Until the top of the hour, this is uh, The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, so my wife and I had an opportunity to watch a couple of films over the, you know, over the holiday. And I, um, one film that we saw, and we weren't, neither of us were really eager to see it, was, it, but it was leaving Netflix on December 31st. And now you don't have the option of watching it on DVD, but one of the films was, Call, was an Adam Sandler film from about 12 years ago called Jack and Jill. And basically the premise of this is that Adam Sandler plays twins. He plays a male and a female twin. There are some Adam Sandler mil- movies that are serious, or at least on the serious side. Uncut Gems most immediately comes to mind. There are other Adam Sandler movies that are funny, like what's on Netflix now, You're So Not Invited to My Bar Mitzvah. There are other Adam Sandler films that are silly and funny, like uh, The Wedding Singer, maybe, maybe even Happy Gilmore. And there are some Adam Sandler movies that are just dumb. This falls into the category of just dumb. I've never been a huge Adam Sandler fan. You know, he makes some movies that I like, some movies that I don't like. This might be the worst Adam Sandler film that I've ever seen. And, you know, he's made some films that are just not great. It really just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And there's there's one saving grace in it. Well, you know, the joke gets old after about five minutes, seeing him play a man and a woman. The person that steals the show, actually, is Al Pacino who plays himself, a fictionalized version of himself. He's tremendous in it. The rest of the film is just horrible. It's just, do not see it. So the only reason we watched it is because it said, leaving Netflix December 31st. Had I known what I was in store for, I would have said, so long and good riddance. All right. 
800-848-9222. That's Jack and Jill. My recommendation is to stay away. David is in the Bronx. David, I'm sure you want to respond to that fellow that wrote in about your uh, family situation. Yes. Okay. It's very easy for people to sit back and judge other people, especially people they don't like. And I understand there's a lot of people who don't like me because of my political views or whatever. But let me just set the record straight. Okay. I graduated from high school in 1990. So that business about 1970s it does not apply to me. Okay. And just so people know, even today, if your parent refuses to sign off on your federal financial aid form, you can't get financial aid. And if your parent didn't put aside any money for you, like mine didn't, it's almost impossible to go to college. So, you know, before you pass judgments on people and, and try to cast aspersions on someone's suffering and try to diminish it and, and take the time to send an email to Frank, maybe you should think about what you're saying and try to find out some information first. Because honestly, it's hurtful to have people try to diminish my suffering, okay? And I've suffered a lot. You know, I sent you an email explaining mm-hmm. some of the things I went through with my mother, okay? I'm not going to get into that. But I-, I suffered a lot. So please, people, if you're going to try to diminish my experiences, save it. Keep it to yourself. I don't need to hear it through someone through Frank reading it on the air. That's not right. And that's why I called him to respond. I ordinarily wouldn't respond to something like that, but I felt it was important. I'm and glad you clarified that, David. Thank you. Happy New Year. 800-848-9222. Uh, uh, Joe is in New Jersey. Hi, Joe. Joe. All right. Larry's in Brooklyn. Hi, Larry. Yeah, uh, Frank. Hi. Um, I just took you off speaker. You know, I, I, I'm tired of being right, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to comment but on anything. So are we, believe me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to segue into opinions from now on. You know, I was happy that you read about that opinion of Anthony Weiner, but at the same time, you're a little bit harsh on the writer. <clears throat> you know, people do take pride when they establish a program, as you have established, the other side of Midnight. It's a brand. It's a theme. It has so many different Facebook pages. I mean, I would think that you would be a little bit concerned about who stepped in your shoes. And uh, not only that, but he's right. He has a point. Anthony Weiner is an intellectual parasite, which means... Right, right. But Larry, Larry, uh, see, I get emails like this when, you know, when all sorts of people fill in. You know, different people have different folks that they like. And I just... I just don't understand when I've explained so many times that I have no influence over who sits in this chair when I'm not here. I don't understand why people keep venting to me. Well, you see, the thing is, people vent to you for several reasons. First of all, they're giving you backhanded compliments, side compliments. Sorry, not backhanded. In other words, they're trying to say how much they appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that, how right. little they appreciate who stands in your shoes. And, and I do that very often myself. You know, <clears throat> so, you know, you don't want to actually patronize people outright. Well, that's fair, Larry. So- Larry, that's fair. I'll, I'll accept that criticism. That's valid. All right. Um, after the top of the hour, accommodations and more. Keep asking questions. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid.
solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 